Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Tuesday morning, and we are setting up for an incredible Sunday of football. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including the great Peter King, joined us on the Goodyear Highline. It's amazing to think Brady and Rodgers are playing for a trip to the Super Bowl, and it's actually the second biggest story of the week to some. Everything surrounding Patrick Mahomes is taking all of the oxygen. But I want to start this morning with Peter with regards to something with Tom Brady. He, of course, is the author of Football Morning in America. And I've heard so many people say when they wake up Monday morning, Peter spends all of Sunday night writing it feverishly. It's the very first thing they click on Monday morning. Incredible insight around the league. And check it out for sure. Peter, good morning. Um, You spoke with Bruce Arians. Took a little shot there at Bill Belichick and the Patriots saying, essentially, I'm going to paraphrase here that New England wouldn't let Tom quote-unquote coach the team something he has allowed and then he took a little shot at Chase Young too we'll talk about that in a second Um, what did you make of that comment put it in context he said it to you Arians with a little broadside on Belichick Uh, Zubin thanks for having me Uh, you know I think the big thing about Arians is that uh, he almost enjoys the uh, you know he he enjoys the competition verbally and on the field. Uh, you know, when I asked him about facing Aaron Rodgers, something I, I didn't write on Monday, he goes, well, we faced him once. We did pretty well. And he said a few things about how they crushed the uh, the Packers. It was the worst game of Rodgers' season. Um, you know, we're not afraid of him and all that. But I think as it relates to Belichick, I think, look, I, I, <clears throat> I went on a very short training camp trip this year, but – I did spend two days in Tampa, and I watched two very long work days on the field. And on the first day, I saw Tom Brady. We actually got video of this and put it up at NBCSports.com. Tom Brady basically directing and coaching O.J. Howard on the field about how to come out of a cut. And look, as Keyshawn would know, there's so many of the finer points to catching the football and to putting it in a spot uh, because the windows are so small in the NFL. And that day, I bet he spent 15 minutes total with O.J. Howard. Uh, and even though Howard's hurt and, and isn't fi- hasn't finished the year, I'm sure he's done that with every receiver on his team. So I just think Arian sometimes just sits back and lets Brady – do what he's, I think, what Brady has wanted to do for a long time. And I, I don't know that he never coached or never, <laughs> you know, corrected receivers in New England. That might be a little bit of a myth, but for Arians, it's fun to kind of poke the bear. Uh, you know, I laugh and chuckle at that, Peter, because you, you basically said what I've been saying to Zubin all along, that that is somewhat, and, and look, that's somewhat of a myth. Every single quarterback I've ever had, even the worst ones that never got in the game always coach the receivers up about certain positions, what we're thinking, so we can get on the same page. I just ask you, as someone who's been knowing me since college, why in the hell is Bill Belichick's name in Bruce Arians' mouth? I just don't – I don't get it. Bill's trying to get ready for 2021 season – and you're yeah. trying to get ready for the yeah. Green Bay Packers. Why? Because I think one of the things that Arians prides himself on 
is to get let veteran players do veteran player things. And I don't think he's saying Belichick's an idiot. I think he's just saying we're allowing Tom Brady to be the veteran old man coaching presence that maybe he wasn't allowed to be in New England. Now, as you said that, Key, the one thing that occurred to me is after the Super Bowl, when he came back from 28 to three down, I remember asking Brady about some of the throws he made to a pedestrian receiver in that Super Bowl, Chris Hogan, the back shoulder throws that just totally embarrassed the Atlanta Falcons. And I said to Brady, you know, why are you so in, in tune with a guy like Chris Hogan, this is his first year and, and all this. He's never been a great player in the league. Why are you going to him in overtime of the Super Bowl? And he said to me, Peter, 122 practices. So that allows guys like Brady, Hogan, uh, <clears throat> and, and, and look, this year, somebody like Scotty Miller, who nobody really knows, Brady is taken under his wing. So Look, I don't know. You know, Arians is just that kind of guy. As I say, he likes to poke the bear. Yeah, Peter King, Football Morning in America, joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Peter, you've been around this league for a very, very long time um, and has covered every single quarterback, all sorts of teams, coaches, and everything. Will Patrick Mahomes play on Sunday? I think he will, but that's just a guess on my part. I talked to Chad Henney after the game uh, and he said he he seemed really good to me. You know, when when Henny came in the locker room after the game, uh, Mahomes congratulated him. They made small talk, uh, all that. And then Mahomes pulled up the tweet that he had just sent out. You re- and, and I had to go back and look at this, and I remembered it vaguely, but then I had to go back and look at it. It's 13 years old. When Kevin Garnett, after the Celtics won the NBA championship, whatever, 07 or 08, you know, he screamed to the on-floor interviewer after the game, anything is possible, and just, like, howled it to the sky because he was so excited. And so Mahomes put up this video with that basically saying anything is possible. (laughs) And I can't tell you what I heard in Chad Henney's voice just then. But it was like this was the nicest thing that anybody had ever done to him. Here is the brightest star in the National Football League, Patrick Mahomes, doing this for his teammate. And what you hear from everybody is what a great teammate Patrick Mahomes is. And he did that for for Henny so that he could show it to him after the game. It was very, very cool. But as far as whether he'll play or not, Keyshawn, I think you, you said it when you saw him sprint off the field. He was woozy for a while, obviously, and then he sprinted off the field to the locker room. I get the impression that the Chiefs think he's going to play, but that's just an impression I get. Nobody's saying anything because he's got to go through the protocol. Mm -hmm. Peter, let's go from one star to another on Kansas City. How surprised are you that Eric Biennemi is probably going to get passed over again for a head coaching job? (laughs) Well, Jay, that's a great question. And I'm not positive he will get passed over. Hmm. I think the Houston Texans need Eric Bieniemy right now. And if that is the only job available after the season, uh, once, whenever Kansas City plays its last game, I'm not saying they will hire him. I don't know what the Houston Texans will do. 
they're they're interviewing everybody in the field right now with Nick Casario. But you know, I'm not saying it's impossible to rescue the relationship with uh, you know with Deshaun Watson. And and look, they got a general manager now who's been on the job for 12 days. So and he also knows he's smart enough to know Nick Casario is that you know if he trades Deshaun Watson unless whoever he gets for him Justin Fields who it pick a guy to a Tonga Valoa I don't know what what it would be but whoever he he is their quarterback going forward unless he's great his football epitaph will be written here's the guy who traded Deshaun Watson no matter what the situation was it doesn't matter you can say well Cal McNair is is a bad guy because he can't get along with his franchise quarterback or whatever but I think it's going to be the, the general manager who's going to bear the brunt of it. There's three months and one week, and more than a week, before the NFL draft. The Texans have a while to go, and I think it's like when you've got an injury and the trainer says, you just got to let this settle down. you got a bad back. Just got to give it a couple of days. Relax, rest, settle down. That's what, this ha- that's what has to happen here. And I don't think the Texans should be rushed into a damn thing. They're stupid if they if they let that happen. Let, let me ask you this real quick, Peter. Urban Meyer takes a job in Jacksonville. You've seen Steve Spurrier. You've seen Chip Kelly, John Robinson. I mean, you've seen a ton of them do it, make that leap. Nick How, Saban. Nick Saban. <laughs> How successful will Urban Meyer be over the next four years in Jacksonville? Urban Meyer had one three-game losing streak in 17 years as a college coach. <laughs> and he is going to lose a lot in Jacksonville. I don't care if he takes Trevor Lawrence. I don't care if he if he puts together the best draft class in NFL history this year. He's going to lose some games. The biggest thing, and Jimmy Johnson was sort of his sensei in all of this. And, you know, Jimmy Johnson told him, hey, listen, my first year I went 1-15. And, you know, and I knew Jimmy then. That was in, in 89. He, he wanted to fall off the face of the earth. The big question uh, for a guy who's already quit football three times and he's 57 years old, the big question is how's his health going to hold up? And not only physical, but his mental health and taking these losses. But, look, he is a fantastic program builder. Everybody knows that. If he has the patience and if he can take a couple years of going whatever it is, 10 and 22, whatever whatever the first two years are, the Jacksonville Jaguars will reap the benefits of that. Mm. Fair enough. Lot. Quick couple things. R-E-L-A-X, those are the words that Aaron Rodgers once said in Peter's column that was posted Monday morning. It's T-R-U-S-T. Check that out. And this is a huge week politically in the country. Amazing story about Anthony Gonzalez, the old Ohio State star, speaking to Urban Meyer and the Colts draft pick. It's all in football morning in America must check out every Monday morning. Peter, pleasure to have you on the program. Hope to do it again soon. Don't stay away too long, Pete. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Peter. Thanks so much. That's Peter yeah. King on the Goodyear Hotline. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. On the way, as you may have heard, James Harden was traded recently. So who's the next guy that's going to be on the move? Jay's got the answer mm-hmm. next. Rocking his sweater game, upping my sweater game. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. James Harden delivering again in his second straight game in a Nets uniform. Quick outlet to Harden. Finds Durant who throws it home with a right hand. Great find by Harden. And KD delivered. 
This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Maybe, just maybe, the Nets will be working their way into the NBA Finals 2-0 with Harden with the possible return of Kyrie on the way Wednesday when the Nets take on, coincidentally enough, his old team, the Cavs. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, all guests on the Goodyear hotline, including the Super Bowl champion Jeff Saturday, on the way this morning at 7.30. Okay, mm-hmm. Jay, we're shooting the Jay. Last night, Harden was shooting it to the tune of 13 for 25. Had a great game coming off the triple-double. So we're going to have you figuratively shoot the Jay in Jayville with the biggest stories in the league. Starting with Jay, we've seen some big threes that have been good before but none maybe as good as the one we're about to see. We're, we're watching the Black Mob in Brooklyn, and this is the greatest scoring trio in the history of the game. Not sure that automatically translates to winning a world championship, but everybody on this team knows that KD is the most special talent on this team. James Harden, you will see him acquiesce. You will see Kyrie Irving when he gets when he comes back into this rotation this weekend versus Cleveland will be a guy that can score in isolated situations. But there's no doubt about it. They are the new villains of the NBA and actually think this trio being formed will make people actually root for LeBron James to a degree because people will want to see LeBron James take down maybe one of the greatest scoring trios we've ever seen assembled. Okay, so we have the great trio and maybe the duo of LeBron and A.D., Many have rooted against them in the past, but maybe going up against this trio makes them the likable duo. Hey, you like what you see out of Joel Embiid this season, huh? I love what I see from Joel Embiid. Look, the one thing I do recognize because of this trade that potentially was on the line here with Ben Simmons, make no doubt about it, Daryl Moore and company, they're building this team around Joel Embiid. This is Joel Embiid's team. Ben Simmons being on the trade block, and there's still potential guys out there for Philadelphia to go get one that we'll talk about later on in this little session. But Joel Embiid is having a spectacular year, close to 50, 40, 90 season, playing himself into the MVP conversation. He's lost weight. You haven't heard him come out with immature comments. He's playing at a high level. This team is 
actually prone to do something pretty special in the Eastern Conference. I know Milwaukee will be there, but Philadelphia will be there at the end of the season as well. So 50, 40, 90, 50% from the field, 40% from deep. He's close to it, Zubin. Yeah, from the line. Incredible. And then we can't miss out on the one missing link for so many teams to maybe get over the top. Well, look, we've seen Anthony Davis get himself out of New Orleans. You watch James Harden get himself out of Houston. Bradley Bills next, y'all. Bradley Bills, probably one of the most gifted shooting guards there is in the league, Uh, leads the league in scoring per game, 35 points per game, Key. Uh, The guy doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. The trade with Russell Westbrook coming there isn't really working out. Uh, They're off. They have the second worst record in the league, and Russ is having career lows in shooting from the field and shooting from the three-point line. Bradley Bill, if I'm Philadelphia or if I'm Milwaukee, I'm making calls to Washington. What do you want? What do you want, Washington? Because for Milwaukee, Bradley Beal could be the missing link to them actually winning the whole thing because of his ability to space the floor with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Key, what do you think about it? He mentioned your Lakers. He mentioned your new hometown team, the Brooklyn Nets. Well, uh, I'm still going with the Lakers regardless (laughs) in this situation. I think that when you talk about the the new big three, so to speak, in Brooklyn, I think that they – you, first of all, you got to get Kyrie back. And once you get Kyrie back on the floor, then you can have the conversation about them potentially being one of, I wouldn't necessarily be as bullish as Jay, as the best three to ever face the flu, you know, Best flu- scoring trio. Okay, best, best scoring, scoring trio. trio See, ever. I still, man, them dudes up in Golden State still got me puzzled with, with that, you know, Kevin Durant and Curry and, and Clay Thompson. That three was pretty lethal in terms of scoring, and they were winning chips at that at a clip that, you know, we hadn't seen in recent history. So I think that when you look at that, and then when you talk about the Lakers, the Lakers are just, you know, teetering along, although they did blow a 19-point lead last night to the Golden State Warriors. It happens when you win a lot, you get bored. And I think <laughs> in that situation, they fell asleep at the wheel, they got bored, and they wind up losing the game. But in the end, I look forward to seeing whoever comes out of the East against the Lakers. Make no doubt about it, the Lakers are better this year than what they were last year. Absolutely. And that's insane to even think for a second. And look, people have LeBron James fatigue. And people get tired of talking about LeBron James winning championships and is he the greatest ever and Anthony Davis because now there's a new shiny object and that's on the East Coast in Brooklyn. But by the way, the Lakers have the best record in the entire NBA. Uh, they've been just putting in work silently, and as long as they're there at the end of the day, that's all that matters for LeBron. You know, it, it, watching four quarters of Laker basketball has been, for me as a as a lifelong Laker fan, like you said, though, Jay, it's been like fatigue. Like, I expect for them to win. I expect for them to – even if they lose a game, it's like, okay, well, all right, they lost four games this year. Big deal. All right, they lost three. Big deal. Like, like okay, so what? That doesn't mean in the end they're not going to be in a championship. It's that's, like Pat Mahomes you know, losing to the Raiders, Key. You're like, all well, right, well they, well, no, they, well, they, well, they lost the game, but, yeah. I mean, who's not, who's not expecting the Kansas City Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl? That's how we look at it. Last couple things I would add, the hype train. You think the hype train is big right now. Obviously, we'll wait till the return of Kyrie Irving to see them in their fully formed, most talented trio, scoring trio, as Jay said. But they're 2-0 and out of the gate. Magnificent performances from both Harden. He has opened up something else in Durant, which is scary to think considering how talented he is. He had 42 alongside Harden. 30 last night. By the way, they're scheduled the rest of the month at the Cavs in back-to-back games. That's going to happen. Against the Heat in back-to-back games at Atlanta, Oklahoma City, and Washington. None of those teams are playing great basketball right now. I mean, they could run out of the gate 
with a huge start and build the hype. The last thing I would say, fellas, is the one thing I mentioned about this guy and what makes him unique. He's 31 in the prime of his career, one of the best scorers of his generation, but doesn't have the chip. Kevin Durant can always say, I got multiple chips, and I think it's fair to say, Jay, I don't know if you would agree, he outplayed LeBron James in those two NBA Finals where the Warriors won. Kyrie Irving hit one of the biggest shots in the history of the NBA Finals. By proxy, that would be one of the biggest shots in the history of the NBA when he won the championship for the Cavs. Those two can always say, we got those, and Harden is dying to join that club. I I agree with you, Zubin, to a degree, but I will say this. um, Golden State even though Kevin Durant got two-time finals MVP, that's Steph Curry's team. Mm. That's his team. This is different. This is KD's basketball team. And now that you have James Harden and Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, Kyrie won one on LeBron's team, right? So I I think this is a chance, and James has never won one. James has been up 3-1 to against, you know, Golden State, and they lost that lead with CP3. So I think this is a redemption tour for all three of these guys to say, this is ours that we can get on our own. I I think Brooklyn will will win one. I just don't think it'll be this year. I don't think it'll be this year. I think they'll get one, but it won't be this year. Is it championship or bust, though, in the minds of many? It wouldn't be for you because you're saying play the long game, get that title, the long-awaited title. But for many people, Jay, right, the expectations have just gone through the roof. Well, it, it is it, it is championship or bust. I just think that the other team on the other side, like Jay mentioned on the, in the West Coast, the Lakers are better than they were last year, and they won last year, and they're better. So that would automatically tell you that they probably are win again this year or they should win against this year. You, you got a lot of you got a lot of great things on the offensive end for the Brooklyn Nets. But on the defensive end, because you got to play both ways at some point, that that I think that that essentially will be the problem. You can't just outscore your opponents all the time. You're gonna have to stop them at some point. Key, isn't it interesting though with LeBron James? Think about like some of the the top players in the game. If you have LeBron, KD, and then you have Giannis, how expectations are a little bit different. With LeBron, championship or bust. That's every year. Right. Uh, With KD now back with this team, even if it was just him and Kyrie, there was still a feeling of championship or bust with Giannis almost in a way you're wondering, is it just get to the world championship is just getting to the game? It doesn't feel like it's championship or bust for the back to back MVP and the reigning defensive player of the year, which is interesting when you just look at the three and how you dissect the three. Well, it, it starts off by how those other two have approached the game not just the game of the NBA, but the game of life, right? Meaning that everything is on LeBron's watch. Everything is on KD's watch. They do what they want to do when they want to do it. And because of that, people don't like it. So they want to set certain expectations for two of the all-time greats, where Giannis is beloved. It's kind of like we like him. We just want to see him get to a championship and win it, even though he's two-time Defensive player of the year, two-time MVP. We just kind of, you know, he's a nice guy and, and oh, it's okay. It's a nice guy comment. Yeah, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. No, I hear you. That. Well, I think that's, that's the problem, though, that's right? That's the way. Now, if he said, I want out Milwaukee, I don't care. Get me out of here. I'm going to Miami. I don't know. Then people will be like, take a different approach. But because LeBron has done so many things in the eyes of the haters to get to L.A., to get to Miami, to leave Cleveland the way that he left, KD left the team in OKC, 
with a little bit of a riff with Westbrook to go to a team that just beat him in a championship in Golden State, and then all the the uh, what the heck do you call it the, the, when you the Twitter trolls? The, yeah, that stuff. The <laughs> Twitter trolls, the burner phones, all that is a storyline that creates this kind of like I don't know dislike for KD when really we should be really liking what he does on the basketball court and not caring about anything else. But because he's so polarizing, this is why you get the reaction that you get from those two guys versus a guy like Giannis. It almost feels like you're waiting to watch Giannis go through that metamorphosis that LeBron and KD went through from, hey, I'm the best in the game to being the villain to coming back and still saying I'm the best in the game. It just feels like when you watch Giannis and his trajectory with Milwaukee – like, he is that nice guy. And you're waiting for him not to be the nice guy in order to grab the championship trophy and say, give this damn thing to me, it's mine. And you have to have a little bit of that mentality to do so. Last thing I would say, and this just goes to show where the NBA is this particular season with fans or very limited fans or no fans, Keys Lakers are the only team in the NBA right now that has double-digit wins. They're 11-4, and but have you noticed they're 7-0 and on the road and 4-4 and at the Staples Center? That, more than anything, tells you fans matter, and it's just an interesting dichotomy. The Lakers' best record in the league, but playing 500 ball at home. Can't wait till the fans can get back there and cheer on every of the 30 teams. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. In one minute... Who does Key think is the best quarterback left in the playoffs? And the worst, but first Sports Center. Kevin Durant warding off with a right forearm. We'll give it up to Harden. A good look at a three from the left. No good. High rebound. Harden chased it down at the free throw line. Out to Durant. He buries a triple. Brooklyn leads 125-123. SportsCenter is going to take us from Brooklyn to Queens, and the stories are going to be very, very different with regards to tenor. First, on a more lighthearted note, Nets over the Bucks, 125-123. You heard Mark Kestershire there on ESPN Radio last night. Harden 34-6 in a dozen dimes after having a triple-double in his first game out. Middleton had a chance there with the three in the final seconds, didn't drop, and the Nets moved to 2-0. Could get Kyrie back as early as Wednesday, according to Steve Nash. The Nets will be in Cleveland, the city, of course, Kyrie knows well, big one last night on the West Coast as well. The Warriors down 19 against the Lakers. They were down 14 in the fourth, and they rallied to win. LeBron and AD missed 20 of the 32 shots they took. You might recall earlier in the month, the Warriors are down 22 to the Clippers and rallied to win. So after a little bit of a shaky start, Steph Curry and company are turning it on. And as I mentioned, we were going to go to Queens. Very serious story here about the Mets' newly minted general manager, Jared Porter, hired on December 13th of last year. According to a report from ESPN, he sent explicit, unsolicited text messages and inappropriate images to a baseball reporter, a foreign reporter that came stateside to cover baseball in 2016 when he was the director of pro scouting with the Chicago Cubs. The Mets are looking into the matter. At this point, Porter has been remorseful and acknowledged his mistakes. You can see the story along with the text messages and some photos right now on ESPN.com, reporting by Jeff Passan and Armina Kimes. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Indeed. Are you hiring? You need Indeed. Indeed immediately delivers quality candidates from their resume database. When you upgrade your job post, it's that simple. Receive a $75 sponsored job credit on your first post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply.
So his real rankings usually, of course, rank teams. But, of course, you know the four that are left, and it's crazy to think one would be one through four. They're all great, all a chance for Super Bowl 55. So, Key, we've modified. We're going to go from four to one. Simply put, the four quarterbacks left in the postseason and your thoughts on them from best to worst, if there's such a thing as quote-unquote worst. You took it right out. Right. <laughs> right out of my mouth. I was going to say, I just say it feels weird to be able to have to do this with four to one, but I'm going to do it anyway because if you're one of four standing in championship week, you obviously must be good. But let's start off with the great legendary Hall of Famer, Tom Brady. I'm just going to put him in the Hall of Fame immediately. But look, it's not that he's the worst quarterback in this championship weekend coming up. It's just that the other guys are playing the quarterback position better. And that doesn't even sound right either, right? I think when you look at Tom Brady, he knows how to win late in games in the fourth quarter, which gives the Buccaneers, in my opinion, an advantage over the Green Bay Packers. Although Aaron Rodgers knows how to win in the fourth quarter. So it's a little weird, but when you look at things, Josh Allen growing, Patrick Mahomes obviously is who he is, and Aaron Rodgers is, is who he is. But Brady is at number four. Number three, a guy that's one of the youngest guys. If Brady's the oldest, this is one of the youngest. Yeah, in Buffalo, Josh Allen has had a tremendous year. Some people would argue an MVP-type season. But look, here's where it starts for him. He's able to extend the play with his legs. He keeps his, his eyes downfield. He delivers the ball when he's in trouble to Stephon Diggs, which is a key component to what the Buffalo Bills do. If somehow the, that the Kansas City Chiefs could take – digs away it just helps their defense get after Josh Allen a little bit more in this game on this Sunday Josh Allen is in front of Tom Brady Josh (laughs) Allen is in front of Tom Brady go to speak think about that how about the other guy standing on the other side of the field with Allen on Sunday you know again Patrick Mahomes sitting at number two he could be anywhere he could be four three any of these guys could fall into place but what he does for this football team is ridiculous Ball placement is second to none. Understanding what the defense is trying to do to him. Now, running the football, I wouldn't put him in harm's way again, as Eric Bieniemy would know, based on what happened this past week against the Cleveland Browns, as Eric Bieniemy called the plays. I'm sure if Patrick plays on Sunday, we won't see him running the ball nearly as much if they plan on advancing to the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. And if Tom has a chip on his shoulder... The one last guy has a boulder on his shoulder. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Look, he, here's a guy who desperately needs to win the Super Bowl this year, not to submit his legacy, so to speak, but to put himself in that deep, greatest of all time conversation, even though he will probably never get to six or seven right. Super Bowl wins like a Tom Brady. It's just everything that embodies a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers as a leader, as a guy who has had change, who's the MVP, in my opinion, this year, which I'm sure everybody knows that by now, just based on what he's been able to do. He's never had an elite number one draft pick wide receiver Mm -hmm. to throw to. And despite that, look at what he's been able to do. And and Devontae Adams very well just been a first-round pick, but he wasn't. He was a second-round pick. Mm -hmm. He's never had a first-round pick to throw the football to on a consistent basis. Never. Think about that. That's beside – that makes me beside myself. That's insane to think. And he's still as dominant as he is. I mean, it's just, you know, like I always say about guys like that, I wish he'd have threw to me with his left arm. (laughs) 
and think about this, Jay. What do you think of his four? By the way, speaking of four, Rodgers has played in four NFC Championship games, but never once at Lambeau Field. That changes when he takes on Keys number four on Sunday. How do you size up Keys Quartet? I was, I'm actually on page with it. I mean, I had Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. I, I think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, get through. And I, I think the interesting thing about Pat Mahomes, not Patrick, sorry to his mother, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, is the fact that if, if he were to win, what is this, is his fourth year in the league, Zubin? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? If he were to win two Super Bowls in four years and the trajectory that he would be on, I understand that Aaron Rodgers has a huge chip on his shoulder, and I think we'll see those two teams, uh, you know, for a championship. Uh, but it, it's I, I, that that is a monumental thing for me if that were to happen to Pat, Patrick Mahomes so quick at this stage of his career. And you know, people have compared him to the greatest to ever play the game, and it reminds me so much of Stephen Curry when Steph came into the league, just shooting the ball from half court, you know, shooting and just turning around and staring at the crowd or staring at his teammates. Patrick Mahomes does things like that that creates so much excitement in the game. Just even those highlights, throwing the ball across his body like that is just – it's incredible to watch. He, he is a ridiculous, ta- a ridiculous talent at the quarterback spot. Um, with all that being said, based on just where he's at, if he wins another championship, then you start to f- count how many more he can win. Mm-hmm. Just because he won last year, I'm not going to all of a sudden start counting. Oh, he's going he's gonna to win six in, in the next ten years. I'm not doing that. But if he wins this year, then you start to say, can he win another two before his career is over? Because just to get one is hard. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy Garoppolo to Emmanuel Sanders just missed that much. Yep. And if it hits, then maybe that conversation is even different now oh, man, the Kansas Chiefs, Chiefs were so close. I can't believe they didn't get it. Yep. But it didn't happen that way. So I want to keep that in perspective, right? It's just it's that close. It was a touchdown away from uh, the Cleveland Browns winning that football game. Sure. So it's like just let's just enjoy the moment right now and see where things end up at before we start talking about the greatest of all time and no matter what. Dude, been in the league three years, man. Oh, four years. I'm sorry. He's been in the league four years. Mm-hmm. You can't possibly say somebody been in the league for four years is the greatest of all time. Yeah. Let's like, stop. You can say he's trending in that direction, though, Key. You know what I mean? If he were to win one again, it, he starts trending in that direction. Okay. It, it, you can trend in many different directions at many different phases because Aaron Rodgers has been in the league a long period of time because he wins two. Does it mean that Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden becomes the greatest of all time? Uh, or, or do... Or is it Tom Brady the greatest of all time? Is it John Elway? Is it Joe Montana? Or is it just let's just enjoy them opposed to trying to make somebody the greatest of all time? I, I just, you know, that's just me. I've been that way in every single sport. And I'll say it again. There's only one dude. It's Jerry Rice. That's it. Jerry Rice is the only dude at that position that's the greatest of all time at the receiver spot. Mm-hmm. And then people will say, well, Randy Moss is, yes, Randy Moss is great. There's no question about it. But Jerry Rice, for whatever it was, however long he played, was just different. There are 29 wide receivers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There's 28, and then there's Jerry Rice. And I just want to say, Jay, to buttress your point, yes, Mahomes is in his fourth year in the league, but remember his first year, he only started week 17. It was still an Alex Smith team. So really, you're talking three years, which makes it even more impressive. And that's just like – and that's just like – Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. you, you know, he's really only played full seasons twice. 
everything else before that he was sharing time with Joe Flacco. Same sort of thing. Indeed. Speaking of Mahomes, what should we expect from Mahomes on Sunday if he goes? We'll get to that with the Super Bowl champion. Tuesday, the Buffalo Bills are back in the AFC Championship game for the first time in a quarter century, and the man who led them there last will be among my guests. The Hall of Famer Jim Kelly with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. He'll be okay, and Chiefs fans are hoping that will certainly be the case. We're headed to Conference Championship Sunday. How great of a shape is the NFL in? We'll start it out with Brady and Rodgers, the president of the league, and then we'll get a snapshot at the present and future of the league all in one day. The winners, of course, advance to Super Bowl 55. We're joined by a Super Bowl champion, the ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Okay, Jeff, good morning. We're not exactly sure what's going on with Patrick Mahomes at this point. Um, So tell me how a team, as a guy who spent so many years standing directly in front of a quarterback, protecting one of the greatest of all time, How does the offense prepare for him to play and prepare for him to not play? Yeah, I think you make a great point, Zub. Like, I mean, here's the situation. So, an offensive line perspective and, and receiver perspective, you obviously know Patrick Mahomes, right? You've been in huddles with him throughout the season. You understand it. The issue is they had a couple weeks really where they were off, right? Week 17, they don't do anything. Then they have the bye week for the playoffs. Then they come back and he plays, you know, basically three quarters or just short of three quarters. So, uh, th- there has been a little breakup in the continuity of what it really looks like. So, as as guys get to prepare this week, it's can he be involved in the meetings? When you're talking about concussion protocol, I mean, sometimes they limit screen time. So even if you want to be virtual, you can't watch film the same way. You can't be involved in meetings the same way. You know, so, so there's some things and some elements that definitely bring question. And then when you go with Chad Henney, 
Obviously, he played really well for a quarter or a quarter and some snaps, but a, a team's never prepared for Henny, right? So when, with Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, you know, looking and scripting specifically for Henny, hey, how do we make him uncomfortable? What are the things that you do that takes him out of his game plan? L- listen, Mahomes makes a ton of plays off schedule, and we have all seen it, whether it's him dropping back an extra five or six yards, rolling out, throwing across his body, all those kinds of things. That means that's off schedule. Chad Henney is not going to be that guy. And listen, he made some fantastic plays. He deserved all the attention he got post-game. He, he earned every throw, right? I was super impressed with him. But it's different when they're teeing it up for four quarters against you. So from Mahomes and the Chief perspective, it's uncertain. I would feel more comfortable, um, you know, obviously from a, from a Leslie Frazier type deal of knowing who my guy is. But both teams are having to set up two game plans right now. Jeff, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, I think Patrick Mahomes will be underneath the center on Sunday. And if that is the case, what challenges do the Bills <laughs> present for that offense? I'm just saying, man, I, you know. No, I'm with you. Listen, listen, I, you know, it was funny. I had a conversation with a guy yesterday about it. I was like, man, to hold him back. I mean, there's going to be some significant, like, I, I, I know that we have protocols and all, all the things that we say we have. You're talking about championship game. You know, I'm not sure he's going to be given all the information about symptoms, right? So, so I, I'm with you as far as that stuff goes. I would say the other concern for me, Key, is the toe, Right, I mean, because you and I both know, man. Uh, listen, one of the, my toe, my, my my left big toe was one of the reasons I decided to stop playing. I mean, the pain that that you know, it, it sounds silly, but man, it it is extremely painful. So, what does that mean for Mahomes? Is he he can't really protect himself nearly as well as you are when you're completely healthy. So I'm 100% with you on that. I think Leslie Frazier showed you last week um, against the Ravens. He forced. He forced Lamar to try to beat him from the pocket, right? And the game went back and forth, but there was no panic in that Bills defense. Honestly, you know, they make the, the, the interception for the pick six, which is a huge play. I have a feeling that's how they're going to play Mahomes, right, is don't let those off-schedule plays, kind of how they played him in week six, make them beat you with run game. And whether, you know, uh, Edwards-Alaire is back, and, and playing at full strength, whether it's Bell, whether it's Williams, you name it, it's going to be kind of a plethora of backs. But understanding we can take that and at least allow our offense to score enough points because if it becomes a track meet, all, all you know, it goes in favor of the Chiefs in a big way. Jeff, you played in Green Bay, short stint there, but you also played in cold weather coming outside of a dome in the playoffs. And I've always been a person yeah. that says when a dome team or a warm weather team travels to the cold, that changes the whole complexity of the game, the game plan, everything you can think of. What challenges is this going to present, not for Tom Brady, but the rest of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, I think I think the point that you just said is the most influential, right? Is it's not going to be for Tom Brady. I mean, this guy played 20 years basically in New England with all the elements, all the wind, all the issues. So he understands, right, what what this thing is going to take. I think it, it I think it affects those guys much more, right? Antonio Brown who hopefully can play, he's played in Pittsburgh, right? I think Mike Evans, that's a tough-minded son of a gun, right? So I, I don't think the weather's really going to affect him either. So when when I, I would agree 
agree with you in normal situations, but the way that Tom Brady has played his entire career and the type of influence he's bringing in that locker room, I'm going to tell you, I, I think this is a, this is a split even, man. I, and, and I would normally agree with you, right? And, and, and then you've experienced it going from, from real warm weathers going up to the cold. And, and here's the thing. Green Bay uses Lambeau, and I have been there, as their advantage, and they should, right? I mean, weather definitely is impactful, but for whatever reason, this week, I just don't think it's going to be that that influential because of the guy you have uh, behind center in Tampa Bay. That makes sense because as Jeff Jeff, you don't have to wear the Carolina blue tie, man. Come on, man. You don't have to do that to <laughs> oh. us. Come on, man. Jay, you, you, Come hey, on, man. Hey, I can send you one, man. You want one to complete that? Uh, I'm good. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm good. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't have that dark, ugly thing. I got this thing nice and pretty for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Jeff, I'll I tell see you, you. with I the see way you. it's going for Duke, you give him that tie, Jay may choke himself with it, the way it's been going for the Blue Devils. This year. Sorry. Wow! Sorry. Wow! <laughs> no more violence. Jeff, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, I love you, fellas. Have a great they one. Are, apparently. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.